1: When I try Deathwish coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Nerds and I got 10% off. You can too! In a world of lame nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds will rise to the challenge. We hold the studios accountable, we celebrate the amazing feats of cinema, we sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Three Angry Nerds Podcast, I'm Eros Cruz, with me, as always, is Spark. How's it going, Spark? I'm good, just came from the gym, a teensy bit sore, but ready? Well, that's how you know the gym was successful when you're sore, right? So, you know. If you came back and you're like, then you probably didn't push yourself to as much as you could. So it's probably a good sign in a way.
0: That makes sense.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just got up and I had my coffee. I have not done too much else yet, but yeah. Uh, talking movies, like, I'm, you know, it's a good way to ease into the day. So um speaking of movies and TV shows it looks like the Wga the Writers Guild of America Strike may be nearing its end as uh, both Netflix and Disney representing uh all the major movie studios uh made an offer uh, for the writers to come back we don't know if the if the um WGA has accepted their offer yet but, Hopefully, could means that the strike will come to an end soon. Um, essentially, more or less, the uh, offer kind of was pretty much everything that we were asking for. It's pretty much uh, protection from AI, uh, better residuals, especially on streaming services, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens from this. But something tells me the studios are are starting to kind of look at what's coming out next and they're starting to realize that, yeah, without the writers that they're basically going to be having a dry well of content for the next few, uh, next, well, probably even half a year probably. So, yeah, I think that, I think they're feeling the pinch a little bit. So, yeah, well, that's what these strikes are meant to do, right? Put pressure on the companies and force them to make decisions right so in that sense it seems to be working so good for the the writers um and i i agree with everything they're striking for i think especially the residuals the how residuals are doled out for streaming content is is just woefully uh lopsided so uh but not to more pleasant stuff or maybe not i don't know uh the marvel's director has Pitched a third Captain Marvel movie, uh, but thinks that Kevin Feige may have a "quote unquote" whole other plan. So uh, maybe that's I don't know. Maybe that includes just putting Captain Marvel in other people's stuff. Maybe she doesn't need a third movie. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Spritz?
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll like again. I, you know, I'm I'm holding judgment until. The uh, the sequel comes out in November. Yeah. Um, So, you know, we'll see. Again, it doesn't sound like it's even going to be her, though. It seems like it's very much a team up with the three of them. So, like, yes, it's Captain Marvel 2, but, like, that, you know, it's, like, was Doctor Strange 2 really a Doctor Strange sequel? Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's... Which like and also does that? Does that even matter? Right? Like that—that uh, that might be Marvel's new uh, game plan—is because there's been a weaker reception to these newer uh, foundational characters. Saying okay, so you guys aren't interested in a Winter Falcon in, in a just Falcon movie. Yeah. So we'll give you a Winter Soldier Falcon TV show. We'll give you a Falcon, an Iron Man, sorry, a uh, Captain America 4, wink, wink. That's really just another big team-up.
1: Yeah. And, like, I don't know. Personally, I could see them moving back to Disney Plus with these characters, which would be fine, too. Um, I don't know. Like, just... Like, Captain Marvel, in the comics at least, has some characterization and stuff that makes her interesting. I don't think they've really done a lot of that with her in the movies. Like, it's more just like she exists, and she's a a superpowered being and all this. But they've never really delved too much into her character. I I mean, maybe they'll do that with this new movie, but something tells me the fact that they're loading this movie with two other main characters tells me that, yeah, they're, they're... they probably recognize that there's only so much that they want to tell with Captain Marvel in these movies. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you just have her be like uh, the Hulk and just show up in different movies. But, you know, obviously the Hulk, they couldn't have him in his own movie for the longest time because of the rights issues, but maybe for okay. Captain Marvel, you do it for different reasons. You just do it just because, you know, maybe in the back of your mind, you're like, there's not much characterization left for this character. And not to say there isn't in the comics, but yeah, it, just, it seems like in the movies they just don't seem as interested in in doing that. So. Uh, Avengers Secret Wars. Kevin Feige is rumored to have reached out to Andrew Garfield to return as Spider-Man. Uh, I, yeah, that's I, no surprise. I was going to say, is anybody surprised by this? I think we all kind of figured that You know, when they came back for No Way Home, there was probably some contracts put in place to at least have the option for them to return uh and yeah secret wars is supposed to be this big multiverse event with a bunch of people returning from different universes so yeah i mean why wouldn't you bring back andrew garfield hopefully that means they also bring back toby as well they didn't mention anything either way about toby coming back but i would imagine it would be two of them i mean sounds like toby had a great time uh also on the way home so bring them both back let's do this yeah but Toby seems less
0: interested. I mean again I'm talking about these people like I know them, but I have watched them on on the interview before and after, and I was obviously very invested in kind of picking apart any information that I could get you at home. So um Andrew seems fully into the idea of like restarting Spider Man whereas Toby less so. Um I would then if I'm Sony, but with this, like, I would, I would go to Marvel and say, I need Secret Wars to set up Amazing Spider-Man yeah. or something of that sort. Because um, I don't think Toby's ever going to do another Sand same, same Sandman Spider-Man. So,
1: no, uh, there's I rumors that I'd... he might, but I, I don't know how concrete or real those rumors are. But yeah. Sorry. I
0: don't I don't think, oh no, I just I think that Andrew, especially as we just discussed, they're struggling for leading characters. Mm-hmm. Um I think that having Andrew um be a bit more present is probably something they're looking forward to.
1: Yeah.
0: Also, there's like a, like a loud rattle in my house. can you hear that?
1: Not really, no think you're good oh, okay cool yeah um I also just think like man I like the the early 2000s kid in me would just be like screaming in theaters if you see like Hugh Jackman's Wolverine alongside Toby and natural like I don't know I think that would just be so cool um I don't know part of me also thinks too like uh that's gotta be what they're setting up that must be their like end game pun intended uh for for this is to have all these characters back so that you can have you can really escalate from your portals moment at the end of end game where it's something similar but now you're bringing in characters from across the multiverse i do wonder though how much screen time all these characters are going to get and like realistically i mean if you bring in andrew garfield as spider-man in a movie where you're going to have all these other characters and maybe, I don't know, let's just hail Mary Paz here, but maybe you also bring back Ben Affleck as Daredevil like, how much time are any of these characters going to have in a movie that's that loaded, but uh, we'll see I still am not going to lie, I would be pretty stoked to see all that on screen, even if I'm like, I'm pretty sure none of these characters are getting any significant screen time it's a visual cameo at best I
0: think you're
1: right because at least, like, with the portals, like, all those characters got fleshed out in various solo projects and other stuff. So, even, like, a character like Wong. Like, you got, you learned enough about Wong through uh, other Avengers movies and the Doctor Strange movie and all that. Like, you know, he's not the biggest player, but at least you, you've you got enough Wong backstory before they did that scene. But, yeah. Um... Marvel Studios still hopes to enlist Tom Cruise to play Superior Iron Man in a future Multiverse project. I, this is... If anyone remembers, back when Multiverse of Madness was in development, there was a hot rumor that we were going to get a variant of Iron Man played by Tom Cruise, and obviously did not happen, but the internet seems to uh, want to be willing this to happen. I don't know. I don't think there's any truth to this, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, the, the scoopers out there, there really are, like, trying their damnedest to make this happen. Um, yeah, I don't know. Would you like to see Tom Cruise in a Marvel movie? I don't care about
0: that. I mean, do good for joke good for him, but I don't care about that.
1: Something tells me these are the same people that told us we were going to get this character in the Multiverse of Madness. I I, I don't believe you peoples when you tell me that it's going to happen again. Sorry. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. So, um, yeah. Uh, speaking of Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange 3 will reportedly adapt the Marvel Comics time runs out storyline, um... This comes from a more reliable leaker and scooper, the Cosmic Circus. Um, Yeah, this this comic did kind of lead up to Secret Wars in the comics. So there is a little bit of precedence in the comics for this story. Um, Yeah, and um, I don't know. I, I don't know too much about it really. Aside from the fact that like it sets up that the Illuminati were enemies of the Avengers. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Are you excited for Doctor Strange three at this point, Spark? Um, yeah, I like,
0: eh. excited is not a word that I would use, but interested. I mean, I, I liked the first Doctor Strange, so if it was an actual Doctor Strange movie, yes, mm-hmm. I would be interested in that. Uh, but they kind of press pause on, on most of the first storylines to do like a whole bunch of things. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, we're
1: gonna
0: we're gonna see.
1: It's interesting, though, because in this story, they did set up something called the Multiversal Avengers, so... There's yeah, I think scene. we'll see what
0: Charlie's wrong. is Uh Marvel's had a bad streak of in-scenes, of in- scenes, really not giving drugs,
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's- so is DC. <laughs> I mean, yeah, fair. We all remember... Uh, Black Adam and Superman and all that, so... It's like,
0: yeah, but that me. was supposed to lead towards something. That's not the maker's fault. It is no. Marvel's fault.
1: <laughs>
0: I just nothing's remember,
1: changed. Yeah, like, these post-credit scenes used to actually mean something, and now it's just That's, like, eh, they do if we want them to. <laughs> to pick and choose what they want. Alright. Um... Yeah, I, I... Sure, why not? I, I, I'm not that excited for Doctor Strange sequels. Doctor Strange 1 wasn't even my favorite Marvel movie. I wasn't that excited for Multiverse of Madness, but, you know, with all the multiverse stuff they were setting up, I was like, okay, this could be cool. And then, yeah, it just felt like that movie had way too much going on, and it lacked a real focus in terms of the story. But, um... Yeah. Uh... Ahsoka, uh, the first two episodes are now coming a bit earlier than expected as, uh, originally they were going to come out on Wednesday or Thursday, but now they're coming out on Tuesdays, so you get it a couple days early on Disney Plus, so get excited for that. Uh, I've seen the first two episodes, not a proper review yet, but I will say well worth your time. Uh... Yeah, we. I keep forgetting that Disney is rebooting Hercules from the '90s, the animated uh, movie. They're doing a live action reboot of this. I keep forgetting, and then every so often news pops up about it. And I'm like, oh yeah, right, they're they're making that. Uh, they're getting into the, the casting process, and apparently they're eyeing Taron Egerton and okay. Ariana Grande to play. Oh, Her- Her- yeah, to play Hercules and Meg. Do we need Ariana Grande? Can we just have not gotten oh. like, an actress-actress? Like, I'm sorry. Uh, First of
0: all, the ages don't match up, and I don't even like this actress like that, but Kristen Ritter is literally perfect for that. Yeah. She is body-wise, from the way the character is supposed to look, of course, you have to stretch her down to like what a human being would be, and then, of course, she's played that character already quite well.
1: Yeah. Um, I like Taryn Egerton as Hercules. Yes,
0: that would I be do. fun. It's a little short. I just I envision Hercules. Mm-hmm. First of all, I don't envision the other instances of Hercules have been quite large, recent. Even yeah. Kevin Sorbo actually is kind of good. so Taryn's small. Um, but so is in the ground, so he'd still tower over her.
1: Um, yeah. So I don't
0: love that, but I do think from a skill and look standpoint, Taryn is...
1: Yeah.
0: Zach Efron. Oh, God, I was so... Gangage. I understand. That
1: yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. For going Ariana Grande is just... I don't know. This is... It, like, what? She seems so wanting to act nowadays and I'm like, why? Just stay in your lane. <laughs> Not to be too mean, but it's like, uh. Um, but there was a follow-up to this that says that they may be planning to bring back Danny DeVito to play Phil. Which just makes sense because A, Danny DeVito's still alive and B, Phil probably is going to be a CG character anyway, so what's the harm of bringing back um, Danny DeVito. Well, I love Danny coming back. I, I Yes,
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah. Perfect. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know. I really do like that Hercules movie from the 90s. It was a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if I, you can even bring back, who was the guy that played Hades in that? James Woods. Yeah, could you bring him back or has he been cancelled? I can't. I think he's been, been cancelled. Okay. So I was gonna say I'm like, you could bring him back. He's still alive. But yeah. He might not come back for <laughs> other reasons. I thought he had been cancelled, but I just couldn't remember. I saw like once on Twitter or, or now X, he was posting some left or sorry, right wing kind of crazy conspiracy stuff, so I was like, oh, yeah I could see I could see Disney going with somebody else on this one uh okay on to some DC news the suicide squad starred Margaret Robbie is rumored to be returning as Harley Quinn in the DCU um she, she was great yeah I mean also too it doesn't hurt that she was in the highest grossing movie of the year. <laughs> Like, if you're going to choose between recasting a character or bringing it back, and then it just so happens that she's in Barbie, which is like just crushing it at the box office, you're probably thinking, like, yeah, come come on back. We'll, we'll, we'll you know. Because that's, because it's kind that's of. That's a great point. Yeah. Because like, I don't know, just think, I'm like, I don't know. Their whole, like, who they're bringing into this DCU and who they're not just doesn't make any sense. Like, it doesn't track at all. Like, Henry Cavill's not coming back as Superman, but you're bringing back Margaret Robbie as Harley Quinn. Like, I, I it just doesn't attract for me, right? But, it you know, I think they're they're following their wallets on this one, and yeah, I mean, Margaret Robbie showed that she can she can bring a crowd in for Barbie, so yeah, I'm sure that probably is a big part of why she's coming back. So, uh, but yeah, I like her as Harley Quinn. Uh, you know. My complaints aside about the fact that it doesn't really make sense that they're bringing back her and not other actors is kind of like, eh. At a certain point, I may just have to accept it, but, um, yeah. Uh, we don't know what project she'd be coming back for, although presumably, I think they're doing a Peacemaker season two, so I would say that's probably makes the most sense, just because she was on that team with Peacemaker. Really yeah, and so. she was in the uh, books, they were at the
0: end of uh, Shazam 2, which I don't know how many people saw that, but uh, yeah. so that, that is a link, that makes sense. Also, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that during, um, yeah, I I hadn't even thought, I assumed Mar Robbie was saying yes, yeah, just because. I felt like, critically and financially, I understand Birds of the right, did well, but that was a pandemic movie, so it's not really fair to, to judge it. Um, but I really felt like people really liked her as yeah. Harley Quinn. Um, and when Lady Gaga got cast as, as Harley Quinn for The Joker, I, a lot of people were pretty negative on it. Not because Lady Gaga like can't act, she can, but it just... We already have, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't make sense for Harley to be in that one because they very strictly said use a true separate. Anyway, keep Henry Coffin, get rid of Lynn, keep Jason, keep Marlowe. Um, obviously get rid of Locke. Yeah, and I I would have kept Pierce and the other. I would have kept Pierce and Hot from. Black Adam, I thought they did
1: fantastic. Black Adam was it was a cheese ball fest for sure, but like there were some things in there that I'm like you could have kept for sure.
0: Um, I don't like the uh, the Adam guy that they chose. I thought Brendan, uh, the guy that played Superman that played uh, Adam in um, Heroes of Tomorrow, whatever oh, that yeah. show is that I like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's good as Adam. Uh, I, they've been ignoring those TV. Anyway, we're getting off schedule. You already know how I feel about DC ignoring all of the CW shows. What's yeah. the next topic?
1: I know you're you're a bigger fan of those shows than most people. Even for me, like I don't mind some of those shows. I think some of them actually were pretty good. Like there was like seasons of The Flash that I remember enjoying quite a bit. I'm, When I stopped watching The Flash, it wasn't necessarily because it was a bad show. It was just because, like, I just didn't have the time to watch it, but... Anyways. Um, Cool beans. Uh, And then... uh, Just some more TV-related stuff. The Last of Us Season 2 has reportedly cast Abby, and she may be played by Shannon Berry. This kind of is, like, a weird piggybacking, so the trade's... Uh, that has, or not that hashtag. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter um, asked uh, the showrunner of The Last of Us if they had cast Abby, and he basically was like, playfully saying maybe. Uh, and then a bunch of uh, scoopers and leakers said that it's Shannon Berry, who you might know from a few TV projects and stuff. She really hasn't made it too big yet, but she's, she's a good enough actor. Have you seen any of the stuff she's been in? Oh, that?
0: It's oh, Shannon Ferry.
1: <laughs> yeah. The biggest I'll stuff she's, up. she was in *The Wilds*, which was on Amazon Prime. Sort of. I did that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she she seemingly does a lot of stuff for Amazon Prime, but yeah, this would be her. Most of the stuff she's been on have been the yeah streaming shows. She hasn't been in a whole lot, but... I mean, she looks like she could play Abby. If you've, if you've played Last of Us Part Two, then you know all about Abby. I'm not going to spoil too much about Abby's character here, but yeah, like... There's just certain character traits you need in Abby, though. I'm looking at this actress, so I'm like, I think she could pull it off. So. Um... Uh... And then, finally, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. We're getting an anime remake uh, called Spot, Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. And it's uh, got its first trailer and a premiere date. So, uh, it's coming relatively soon, I think. Um, let me see here. Uh, duh, 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 duh. Trying to find that release date and Netflix is just burying it. From uh, QJ9. Alexa, I don't need you interrupting me right now, please.
0: I'm not sure.
1: 3rd co-host this week is Alexa, apparently. Uh, it's said to come out November 17th is when it's going to come out, so not too much longer. Are you a big Scott Pilgrim fan, Spark? Um, I liked the movie a lot. Um, actually
0: i saw i saw it with an ex of mine that like really didn't want to watch it, and so then she was like trying to get like physical in the movie theater, and I was like, no, I really want to watch this movie. And then she pouted the rest of the tonight. Uh, so that's what I all always think of when I think of that how negative that movie going experience was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Outside of that, I watched it recently, and of course there's a lot of pretty famous people in that that have since had like much larger careers. Obviously, Brie Larson potentially being the biggest, depending on how you feel about Chris Evans. Um, but uh, I would say that, anyway, uh, it's good. And I wish they were doing a live action sequel. I would love to see all of those people grown up. Um, or I would love to see a remake. I think it's been long enough that um, seeing you know new kids, I don't know some kid like that redoing it, I would be open to that. So as far as the anime thing goes, not so much, but I hope that that brings more attention to get us a live action.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, before we end the news segment this week, breaking news literally just happened: Thor Five is coming. Apparently Tyco Martiti's coming back to direct. <laughs> Speaking of things that people didn't need or want.
0: <sighs> I don't know. Boo, yeah, I saw that. And I was gonna I was waiting for you to bring it up. I don't know. Yeah. Because yeah. it's the same Taiki uh TV. sorry. <laughs> uh
1: Perfect. yikes. <laughs> I will say the only way they could save this for me, the only way, because I swear it's not going to be Taika, is you put better writers on. Like if the writers can spruce up the script and they can kind of rein uh, Taika in, I think it could be okay. But I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not exactly excited for this right now. I'm just 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 no. So, anyways literally just happened uh but yeah not that interested in a Thor 5 really okay uh and with that said we'll take a quick break then we're gonna come back and uh review some stuff and we got our movie club this week friends with kids back in a sec all right we're back Um, let's talk about Blue Beetle. That's obviously the big movie out this week. Um, both Spark and I have seen it. Uh, what'd you think of Blue Beetle, Spark?
0: Um, I really liked it. I, uh, I don't, I'll I'll get into, uh, is this spoiler free or? Uh,
1: no, let's say, let's, let's spoil it. Why not?
0: Okay, I won't do any massive, Spoilers there aren't really massive spoilers to give to be honest no. um, but I will say um that the int- so if you saw the first Shazam which a lot of you did uh and I really liked the first one um the the strongest aspect to me was the B story of of Billy's like yearning for a sense of family and kind of the self-realization of the people he has around them and how he can depend on them, and they gave a, a, a pretty good, sad backstory of like how he got to that point. Um, and the, the second Shazam lost almost all of that charm. Anyway, um, <laughs> this movie also does a very good job of showcasing the importance of family. Obviously, he has a strong bond with his, so it not the same, but that's a the bond of family is a B story through. The emergence of the Blue Beetle. I would honestly argue it might be the A story, and yes. B and Blue Beetle is the B story. Actually, that's what I would argue. Um, and it just really separates the movie uh, from a lot of comic book movies in its confidence and showing, like a loving family that can be annoying, sure, but like always has your back. Obviously, the stakes are a bit raised, but it just it does it does a shockingly good job of creating like tender heartfelt moments with family that don't feel forced or shoved in um and uh yeah i'll i'll stop there i have a lot more to say but uh, that that's what i that's where i'll stop
1: yeah um i was pleasantly surprised by this i think maybe because my expectations for a DC film are literally in the buckets right now. Um, but this pleasantly surprised me. I think uh, the Latino focus on this was great. Like, this movie definitely has that sort of imprint of, of focusing on the fact that this is a Latino story, and I think that was great. Um, it's not overly heavy-handed, but it's not like just a background either like it is very prominent in the story and i think they did that in a really great way um this is a very simple story and very predictable in a lot of ways yeah. um i don't think anyone here is going to be major league surprised by anything that happens in this and that doesn't have to necessarily be a bad thing like i i I wasn't really necessarily surprised much by the plot, but I was surprised by just moments to moments in this that I was like, oh, these are really cool. Like, there's a moment, there's, like, an action sequence where, like, the Blue Beetle takes out... It, uh, the best way to describe it is, is like, the Buster Sword from Final Fantasy VII. And it's, like, this big-ass... Like, it's, like, a really cool action sequence, and it all just really was, like, a lot of fun. So there's just, like, small little surprises. Um, yeah, I, I will say, like... Uh, most of the characters are pretty well, uh, fleshed out. The, the one that was not, and I don't know if he necessarily needed to be, but, uh, Carapax, I think was his name. Yes. Yes. Like, yes. He didn't have much going on plot wise. And I don't know. I keep thinking, I'm like, should I, should he have, should I have gotten more backstory for him? Maybe I didn't need it. I don't know. Um, But I was just, like, a little surprised that they didn't kind of flesh him out a little more. I don't know. i go back and forth on whether it was necessary or not, but I don't know. He's the only real character that doesn't really get fleshed out that much. Uh, There is also the stuff to do with the whole uh, Cord family, which they set up for a sequel. So, presumably, they're going to kind of flesh that out a bit more, but... You know. Uh, Yeah. Um... Yeah, the CGI was competent. I, I don't think any of the CGI in this really like blew my mind, but it was it was good enough. Like I I don't know, it's like it's above average. It was not it didn't really do anything that I was like, "Oh my gosh, I've never seen this in a movie before." Um, but the things that they did, they did well enough. Um So, I don't know, like this is this, this is a good movie for me. It wasn't great. Like it didn't really go above and beyond in terms of like breaking my expectations or anything uh, and I don't know if it necessarily needed to but it was still like a nice fun pleasant surprise like I'm glad I watched it and, and I am excited for a sequel I think now that they've gotten all this kind of uh, origin story stuff out of the way they can kind of focus on, on some cool stuff going forward so
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I would argue I think the CGI was a, a bit above average again this, this could be Having just seen the flash, like so, my my expectations could be a little lower. But I did think, particularly um, the final battle between K, K- Pax and, and Blue Beetle, when you have two like highly CCGI characters together, like it, it can, um, it's it's partially what makes the Transformers at at the time and even now continuously groundbreaking because they do it so much better yeah. than anyone else has and I don't understand, well not anyone else Avatar, but any of its uh, competition and I don't understand how they make fully CGI machines look so crystal clear but they can't do that in big budget Marvel and DC movies but ignoring that I actually think the CGI was a bit better and I will say uh, that's why it's kind of hard to spoil this movie because like nothing happens that you're like Oh, what a surprise! But what I was pleasantly a little surprised by um, is, uh, you know, blue 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 beetle in the beginning. This is as close to a spoiler as you're going to get. The uh, mechanism wants to kill the everyone <laughs> that it comes into contact with, and uh, the kid says no. And then at the end. It's a bit of the reverse, so it's not a so it's not a surprise that the kid didn't kill. We all knew that wasn't going to happen. But I did like that that they added that layer to let you know that at least for now, this kid is willing to kill people. Uh, like there is a limit you can push him to where he will kill. Which when there's no limit, that does make the character a bit boring. Um, which you know is what makes the killing joke so good, because anyway, we're <laughs> whenever you're allowed to test those limits with characters, that, that adds a depth to them that makes the character more dynamic, and so I appreciate that, I won't tell you why, but that he had gotten pushed to that point that he had to be stopped by some by something else.
1: Yeah. So... Uh... Uh, give us a score. What would you uh, yeah. give this movie a score of? Uh, I want to go like
0: seven five, maybe eight. Uh, again, as we've both said, this is nothing new. Um, as far as general plot, but the the moments, particularly in my opinion, with the family, do separate this movie from ninety percent of the superhero movies that we've been introduced to. Family is a, you know, everyone's motivated by the death of their brother or their father or their mother or whatever it is. But seeing a family that likes and respects each other but is still human beings that get annoyed, that don't always, like, so it isn't this happy-go-lucky 90s family either. Um, and getting a peek into a culture that I personally have a, a bit of experience with for sure, uh, but, It is kind of nice to see that um, showcased in such such a large, hopefully, uh, medium. So anyway, seven and a half to
1: eight. I give it like a seven. Um, I still think it's worth watching, but I think it does get held back a bit by, yeah, the fact that it is overly simple. Uh, Carapax, again, probably could have been fleshed out quite a bit more. Oh, yes.
0: I strongly Um, agree with that.
1: Like, especially because, like, I don't know, I'm not, well, I won't spoil too much, but, like, he kind of has, like, a moment near the end of the film, and I'm like, where the fuck is this coming from? Like, <laughs> you could have set that up a bit more, but, and like I said, the CGI, the, the CGI is good. Like, I'm not saying it's bad, I just, like, there was a few moments where I was like, oh, you could have polished that up a bit more. Like, I don't okay, know.
0: Okay, I agree. Yes, like, yes. Uh,
1: it, it 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 still is good. Like don't get me wrong. Especially after watching The Flash, I'm like this is Buzz better than The Flash. But I just think it could have been a little bit polished up in a few areas. Um, but by no means, you know, did I think this was a bad case of CGI. Again, you know, we can point to many other DC movies where the CGI was not great. This is not one of them. This is definitely one of the better better movies. And I think too, like even in the sequel, they'll probably be able to. You know expand on this in, the, in terms of the visuals and stuff and do some more interesting stuff so definitely excited mm-hmm. i'm really curious who the hell is going to play ted cord though because you know they've like ted cord pl- is like a big part of this movie but doesn't show up at all i was a little surprised that they didn't have like him in a post credit scene like they did but they didn't i don't know i was kind of wondering oh, that's if we that's like,
0: a spoiler okay, well. <laughs> well,
1: the moment you start watching this movie, you're like Ted Cord definitely plays a big part of it, but I don't know. It's kind of like I was kind of hoping we would visually see Ted Cord in this. You don't, uh, but you know, he's in it, but he's not. Uh, yeah. Anyways,
0: let's go Benjamin Bratt. It's, <laughs> it's 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 not him from The no. Voice, but that's I would have I think he would have been a fantastic addition to this.
1: I think the director said that they want to get. Jason Sudeikis
0: and I'm like oh someone white okay I, I assumed he'd, he'd be Hispanic I mean I know I know Susan is white but it looks like the 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 girl was was mixed so I yeah so I
1: was I, I was were, thinking I'm like yeah Jason Sudeikis I could see it sure he's Always. old enough so anyways uh okay okay and then, uh, the other new release this week is Strays, uh, starring, um, uh, God. It's gonna really annoy me, because I know who these people are, but I just, like, my brain is literally not working right now. Um, Jamie Foxx and Will Ferrell. Okay, i am like, fuck, fuck. I know these people. I should have known this. Um, yeah. This strays is is, uh, not a good movie um it's first off it's a talking dog movie which many people who listen to this podcast know i'm not a big talking dog movie fan so just right off the bat this movie was had an uphill battle but i was a little bit intrigued because i'm like okay this is not following the typical you know uh tug at your heartstrings kind of dog movie it was supposed to be this r-rated comedy dark movie um i by the end of it i thought and i understand that humor is subjective for everybody different people find different things funny but for me like juvenile very childish humor it doesn't get me very far in terms of the laugh department like i don't know this movie definitely it goes for very juvenile humor i would say like teenagers are gonna love this movie uh ironically enough they can't see this movie because it's rated R but I mean at least in theaters I'm sure they'll find ways to watch it but like this seems like a very like this movie would be very good for teenagers I think just in terms of like there's a bunch of jokes that just like when I was seeing it in the theater there was a, a ton of adults in there and like none of the adults were laughing like just nobody could find this movie funny um the, the voice acting's good and, like, I don't know. The visuals with the dogs, it gets... There's a, quite a few moments where it definitely feels very cheap in the CG department because they kind of use CG to kind of augment the dogs a little bit. And it just looks weird. I don't know. Um, just wasn't a big fan of this movie. Um, I don't know. Again, maybe, you know, humor being as subjective as it is, you'll find something to enjoy with this. Uh, for me, though, I just... I just found it to be a chore to watch and uh, and I really didn't enjoy it that much. So I'm going to give it a four out of 10. Uh, again, you know, you may enjoy this more, but I think for most uh, adults, they're going to find the humor in this to be literal dog shit. So uh, yeah, that's my review <laughs> straight Um And then also to uh, back on the strip, it's a new movie from uh, or starring Wesley Snipes who we haven't seen in a while. Uh, it's a, a movie about uh, this guy who moves uh, to Vegas in the hopes of becoming a magician but then uh, he he ends up getting, getting kind of allured by male strippers and a, a group of them called the Chocolate Chips. Uh, this was a pretty funny movie i uh enjoyed this quite a bit um i wasn't overly surprised by anything story-wise that they did in this but like i think the the plot was fun enough and the performances were fun it was just a, a joy to watch um i did say this in my letterbox review but are we witnessing the renaissance of Wesley Snipes? maybe um but yeah this was a fun movie uh i definitely would recommend that you know if you're you're probably gonna watch it it's probably a one-time watch i don't see much rewatch value in this movie but maybe Maybe. uh i'll give this an eight out of ten it's it's fun uh if you give it a chance and just kind of let it to let you if you let yourself enjoy it then you'll have a lot of fun And then finally, some Blu-rays just to kind of cap us off this week. uh, I got a Blu-ray copy of Resident Evil Death Island, which is a kind of like a CG Resident Evil movie. Um, It was fun. Uh, There were some parts of it that got pretty ridiculous, including a scene where there was like a three-story tall enemy that they tried to take on with pistols. And I'm like, that just seems ridiculous. Um, But it's fun enough. I give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, and then also, to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. This is a, uh, 4K UHD re-release of that movie. Um, has a really good transfer. The special features were a bit lacking. Uh, I'd still give it a 9 out of 10. It's a very good copy of this movie. And then finally, Roman Holiday, um, movie I would never see, seen before. Uh, but it was fun. It's kind of like a nice little throwback movie. Uh, not sure if I would ever rewatch watch it again anytime soon, but... Yeah, uh, fun little movie um, with Audrey, Audrey Hepburn, and Gregory Peck. So definitely would recommend it if you have a chance to watch it. Uh, I would give this an eight out of ten as well. I was very surprised by this movie. It's not a movie I would normally watch. So okay, uh, and then we got our movie club this week, which is Friends with Kids. So Spark, you chose this movie. What's What's up with Friends with Kids? Um,
0: yeah, happily. I uh, if you've if you've never seen it, it's it's a pretty all star cast, even for the time two two thousand eleven. This was, which wasn't a ragtag bunch. You got John Hamm. I mean this this is peak Mad Men. Uh, you got Adam Scott, who this is. I don't know if this is peak Parks and Rec, but certainly riding that that wave. Uh, Maya Rudolph post SNL, Kristen Wiig. Uh, I want to say during the end of. I mean, I'm just like just to paint the picture. Like these are people, you know, in in the in the middle of their power. So it's weird how few people I've heard of this movie. To me. Mm-hmm. I will say the the female star uh, lead with Adam Scott. I can't remember her name, unfortunately. Uh, I should be more prepared for that. I I can look it up, but she's not that big. Uh, So it is it is weird that looking at the women that she was in a movie with, that she got top billing. That might be a bit of nepotism, or, or wink, wink. There, some somebody knew something. Jennifer. West, Westfield. Not saying she hasn't done anything, but when you look into who she's with. Anyway, it's, six, it's three couples uh, going through life. Eventually four couples. Um, and uh, two friends, Adam's character, uh, Jason, and Jennifer's character, Julie, decide that they want to have kids, um, but they don't want to be together. So it's friends with kids, and then it's kind of watching how that plays out in the friend group, watching um, John Ham and Kristen Wade or a hot to shot couple that have sex in a restaurant bathroom during dinner. like that's how how much they can't keep their hands off each other. and then it's watching that relationship deteriorate into what, what it ends up being. Um, so it, it is just growing up with people um, and it's not a romantic comedy. it's a romantic drama. Um, maybe a romantic dramedy, mm. um, so I wouldn't go into this expecting a ton of laughs. It's pretty sad, actually. Um, yeah, kind of what ends up
1: happening. Yeah, I was very surprised by this. I'm like, I don't know what to expect, but I'm like, this movie is very uh, kind of melancholic for a rom com movie. I was very surprised that it got as very like sad, and introspective as it did, but i mean that's also life as well sometimes so i'm like uh, it wasn't as, it was surprising but it wasn't really as surprising after i thought about it a bit more I'm like you yeah, it's kind of all life can be sometimes so
0: um yeah i mean i think it's fantastic i mean that's why i chose it uh, uh-huh. i don't bring it up when people bring up rom-coms because it doesn't belong in that group it it belongs in like celeste and jesse forever and um which it's another movie that a lot of people have seen, but honestly, like movies that are kind of, or, okay. So it's obviously not nearly as serious, but a lot of more of you have probably seen the reader, uh, which is pure romantic drama. There's not a ton of, of comedy surrounding that. Um, I don't, I don't have a lot of super popular references for this because movies like this don't actually usually kill it at the box office. Um, but did you did you like it?
1: Yeah, I think it was like a little surprised to be honest because I didn't know what to expect with this, but I, I was pleasantly surprised by it. I thought it was good. Um, yeah, like you, like you said, the the cast was great in this, and I was like, I just kept seeing people in this. I did not look up the cast ahead of time, so I didn't know who was in this. I just pressed play, and I was like, we'll find out as we watch. But then I was like oh, John Hamm, and oh, like all these other actors popped up, and I was just, yeah. Yeah, Megan Fox is in this. Yeah, very randomly. Um, mm-hmm. Maya Rudolph, Chris O'Doad, uh Kristen Wiig. Oh, yeah, I forgot so. to name
0: about him. just forgot to name Chris. He's in a lot of things, and I just always forget his name.
1: Yeah, he's kind of a that-guy kind of actor, like, he's a good actor, but, yeah, he just kind of pops up in things, and then you're like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Your ass.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um my favorite scene, uh okay, I don't know what my favorite, but I have two favorites and because uh, then I it, we'll we'll look at it out of here if it's running too long. But the dinner party scene is kind of the culmination of a lot of um, issues that the couples have been having with each each other and other couples, um, a lot of stuff gets brought to the, the table, and that's kind of the crescendo of, of John and, and Kristen's relationship. Uh, the other one, which, speaking of sad, is, uh, you know, the, so they, I don't know if I can this properly, Adam uh, and Jennifer's characters share a child, but they have, they, they date other people. They live entirely different, lives while also being best friends. And so the child is at Jennifer's place and is like, you know, dad, stay. Of of course, it doesn't if they don't want him to leave. And he basically is like, I want to, but like mom says I can't. And she's like, that's not fair. And then there's this I, I won't ruin it for you, but I did feel like, God, like this is Every stuff, uh, yeah, that they're like aren't afraid to dive into Mm
1: -hmm. for sure, yeah, like definitely there's stuff in this that, yeah, veers more into dramedy, I would say. Like, that's probably the best way to describe this movie is it's like a dramedy. There is some, some humor and there is some romance to it, but there's a lot of drama too, and I but I enjoyed it for that. I think sometimes. Movies like that, you know, need to exist.
0: So, Oh, they certainly do. You know, not that not everything can be hee-hee-ha-ha. Ha. Uh, like, sometimes you have to uh, in, in admit that love is great, but also sucks sometimes. <laughs> like, uh, oh, This is 40 is another. I was, like, racking my brain for a successful romantic dramedy. This is forty is another good example because this is forty. When I watched it, made me think, oh, I don't ever want to get married. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, dude! Now they make marriage look terrible. Yeah, and uh, this movie it doesn't do marriage too many favors either.
1: Yeah, no, definitely kind of paints it in a bad light. So, um, uh,
0: yeah, war time.
1: Yeah, I think it's score 10. Yeah. What would you give this movie a score of?
0: Um, I'm going to go 8 5. Uh, I don't think it actually deserves that. Like, I would not argue with you if you said 5. I would disagree, but I wouldn't argue. I just I think that I saw this at, like, a very sort of those movies where I saw it when I was in a long term relationship, even though I was young and I was kind of contemplating. A, a lot of things in life and it just, it, it came to me at the right time. Watching it now, it honestly makes me a little sad now Now that I'm married and seeing it, but I think that I just saw it at the right time. I think it probably actually deserves like a 6.5 or a 7 but I'm just very emotionally attached to it.
1: That's, hey, hey that's totally fair. Uh, I'm not going to go as low as, I'm not going to go as high as you but I'm not going to go as low as, as some because i saw some people giving this like four out of tens on letterboxd and i was like mm. i guess like a that's seven. crazy to me yeah i give this like a seven like i do think it's good i think it's um i don't know i kind of wish it maybe delved a bit more into some themes and topics a bit more um and i also kind of wish it maybe fleshed things out with a bit more humor Like, I think if you're comparing this to something like a Friends with Benefits, which is, like, a lot more fun of a movie. Way more fun. Like, this could have used a bit more of that. And I'm not saying, like, you need to be the exact same things as Friends with Benefits. But, like, just make it a bit more fun and lively in spots. Um, I think, like, tonally kind of balancing that could be kind of tough. But, like, that was my big takeaway from this movie is, like, I kind of just wish it was a bit more kind of a joy to watch. Like, I think you have to be in a certain kind of mood to watch this. And then luckily, I think I was in that mood. That's why I'm like, oh, it's actually pretty... Like, sometimes you just have to be in a, in a bit of a... I don't want to say sour mood, but I think this you certainly... You don't want to be going in bubbly-feely with this movie. Cause it's probably not going to mesh well, but I don't know. I I think if you're think looking at this as, like, a balanced movie and, like, balancing all those different things, I think it's just a bit lacking in that, but yeah still still worth a watch at a 7 out of 10 so cool and then uh next week I put us down for the fugitive cuz that's turned 30 years old this
0: oh boy past week that was that's a good one I haven't seen that one in a long time my mom loved that movie
1: I haven't seen it since I watched it on cable back in like the mid late 90s so I I just saw it turned 30 and I'm like eh let's watch this so yeah Okay, um, I
0: am, I'll am. i be out of town, but I think I actually might be able to make next week. Uh, I will know for sure a little bit later in the week. Okay.
1: Cool. Well, that's it for this episode. Until next time, everybody. Bye for now.